as we're just checking the connection if there are any attendees on zoom that like to speak to an item not on the agenda please raise your hand at this time to be added to the speaker's queue thank you I think we can proceed. I'm not sure what we'll to check on the captioning, but yes, this one. Uh, okay, so five in person speakers are Eid, Carol Morosovic, David Shear. Gordon Gilmore and him. If there are any attendees on Zoom that like to speak to an item not on the agenda, please raise your hand at this time to be added to the speaker's queue. Thank you. Um, I'll call the BUSB IT director again to see if he has any ideas about the light Everybody on the dais has their microphone muted on their computer. Is that correct? If you're on Zoom on your computer, your microphone on your computer has to, on your laptop has to be muted. Okay. Um, and the speaker has to be, uh, the, if, if they have a computer at the dais, they also have to be speaker. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we would hear that certainly. Um, but board, yeah, boardroom is unmuted. Our council member who is participating via Zoom, she's unmuted. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody has their everybody has their. Yeah, she's unmuted. But I mean.
Okay. All right. Um, Councilmember Wengraf, do you have the web stream running? The web stream? What is the web stream? The 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 web broadcast of the meeting. Uh, I um, logged in using the Zoom link that you sent out. Okay, that's fine. Um, no, she doesn't have it. The web stream? Does anybody have the web stream running on there that's on the Zoom? The, the web broadcast of the meeting. No. No. It has to be where it's coming from. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, submuted so our virtual participant. Um, okay. okay. Um, testing the audio. Uh, so we'll see if this audio loops back to us. It has, and my microphone's been on this whole time, so um, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Mayor, do you want to turn on your your dais mic? Testing. Yeah. Just um, testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay. We'll see if that loops back around. Um, okay, well, we'll we'll try to figure out if all else fails, we'll just call into the meeting through the Crestron like we've done before. So you're, you're saying that once you get it, that was ever you didn't get it? Right? Well, it's not, it's not continuous. It like we, it, it, it kind of jumped in. It, so, I mean, we stop once it happens because it's very disruptive. Okay. Okay. We're going to try one more time. So um, we're back in session. Thank you, everyone, for waiting so patiently. Um,
there hasn't been a meeting in this room for what, two months now. So um, hopefully we'll work out the kinks. So our next meeting, everything will run smoothly. Um, so uh, we are now proceeding to public comment on non-agenda matters. Um, there were uh, five speakers called and we'll go to you as well, sir. Um, David, Sheree, right? Mark, uh, Carol Morosevic, Eid. Gordon Gilmore. Gordon Gilmore. And Jessica Prado. So if any of those names that were called can please come forward to start public comment on non-agenda matters, then we'll go to you after, sir. And then we'll go to the speakers on Zoom. Uh, clearly women, older women in Berkeley are being targeted for crime. And it's we have to address this. Uh, Second, I wanted to speak on the SCU. I've seen several incidents that would have been, uh, should have, would have been SCU appropriate, but of course they're not available after four o'clock. So yesterday I called them and I tried four times to leave a voicemail, which was after four o'clock and the voicemails didn't go through over an hour to two hour time period. So this morning I called at 10 minutes to 10 in the morning and I was told, well, we listened to voicemails and I said, I couldn't get through. And they said, oh, the voice, it isn't working. So we'll, we'll call IT. So that's very concerning to me that at 10 o'clock in the morning, they still hadn't even listened to the voicemails from the day before. They hadn't checked it. In the library last week, I uh, observed a woman near me that with continuing escalating threats of violence. No one had police. When I uh, finally reported her after she declared, I'm going to carve your heart out. Uh, that she's uh, the security guard asked her to leave. She said, I'll leave, bitch. And she hit her with a bag of cans. I mean, full hard cans of food. Um, and I do want to finish with just saying there was a public misunderstanding of, of the model of cahoots that I have heard them present and with the co-presenting with the police and in Oregon. So they do have a collaborative partnership as to how they work together and macro also, they do call, they address quality of life crimes in Oakland, and they talk about it being pre-crisis. So we're still in the position where there is no co-response in Berkeley when there is both mental illness and violence, which means that only the police are left to respond. Thank you. Um, good evening. Um, the city of Berkeley recently advertised an open position for a new transportation director. This is a vital role for so much of what we hope to accomplish as a city. Um, any qualified candidate, uh, any qualified candidate for transportation director um, is likely going to have some questions regarding working conditions and the circumstances under which the role became vacant. I have some questions too. First and foremost is what happened to Fareed? From what was reported in Berkeley side, it seems like he was horribly mistreated by the community that he served. Apparently, we spent a significant sum of money investigating a dedicated public servant. I can only assume that there must have been real malfeasance, embezzlement, abuse, 
Um, it cannot be. I'm sorry, one second. If we can please have quiet in the council chambers as we're hearing from speakers and um, the speakers that are here for the Milwaukee Force item, we're not taking comment on that item yet. So please uh, wait a few more minutes. We're talking about non-agenda matters, but we'll get to you very soon. So um, if we can once again have quiet as the speakers are presenting and you can go, you can have another minute or minute and a half. Sure, yeah. thanks. Um, uh, so um, apparently we spent a significant sum of money investigating a dedicated public servant. I can only assume that there must have been real malfeasance, embezzlement, abuse. Um, it cannot be that we removed without any, without any, um, without anything, um, our transportation director over a dispute about a couple of dozen parking spaces. Um, if I am off base here, please correct me release the results of the investigation, or at least the justification. Um, there's a public records request open right now, not from me, from someone else, uh, asking for the same thing. So I hope to see some kind of action there. But why would a qualified candidate volunteer for this role where they will bend over backwards to placate opponents who have no interest in being placated, only to be attacked, investigated, and called a liar by the city council? We will not solve our staffing crisis or build the Berkeley our children deserve by micromanaging and attacking dedicated public servants. Okay, uh, who would like to go next? Good evening. I hope you had a good time off. Um, I wanted to first say that the Climate Emergency Mobilization Task Force is having climate and indigenous leadership on Friday, 9 a.m. to noon. Um, and you can go to cemtf.org and find out information on that. And then um, also there's been three unhoused people that died in August. And the city of Berkeley is acting way too late. Um, they were both residents of Harrison. They were all residents of Harrison Street in downtown. And if you could adjourn in honor of those lost lives, two males and one female, um, they're not doing anything for uh, accountability. And when I was at 8th and Harrison and, you know, the city manager's employee, Peter Radu, and other people that came with him were really um, came in with entitlement, arrogance, rudeness, and disrespect to the community that they're supposed to be serving. That's not any way to get anything done. Um, you can wait, do way better. And right now, the Berkeley Property Owners Association is having a party to celebrate um, the end of the moratorium on evictions, which is really disgusting. So that's really, really, really terrible. Thank you, Ms. Davila. Cheryl Davila, former council member, City of Berkeley. Thank you very much, Mr. Jesse. All right, um, who would like to go next? Okay, thank you. 
okay, we're being we're kind of being a little flexible here for public comment and non-agenda matters. We're we're taking more than five speakers. So Ms. Pritchett, if you want to talk to an item not on the agenda. I prefer to go first, actually. Let's go first. Okay, who would like to go next, please? Let's let's move, let's uh, go to the next speaker. I'm, um, my name is Gordon. I'm, I'm, oh, thank you. Can people hear me now? Okay, I'm losing time already. My name is Gordon. Um, I'm just speaking to what I saw Ethan Harrison the other day. Um, yes, go ahead. Can people and say what they actually need. Oh, is the mic still not registering me? Yeah, I just see the rest of my time to yes ago. Wait, wait, you get a minute. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, can you all hear me now? Okay. Uh, can we start the minute again? Just because the uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I was just going to say that Peter Radu came up to me um, when Jessica was in the tent, staying there for mental health services and said, I did everything I could. You have to admit it, Gordon. And I was just like, well, I think that the mental health services are definitely required. And he's like, this is the first I've heard about it. How can you be throwing this at me now? And there's evidence going back to July 6th and emails that that need has been clearly communicated a number of times. And I remember even before that, the in-person meetings that that need had been communicated. And then they got Berkeley Mental Health out there and all they did was hand out cards for um, you know, mental health counselors for people to come and see or make appointments with. Um, and then they threatened the community with immediate emergency abatement, which is what caused the trauma, which prevents people from talking to city workers in the first place. All right, with that, I, I say Peter didn't do enough, and I see it the rest of my time. Yes, ago. Hello. Hi, my name is Jessica Prado, and I'm a resident of Aiden Harrison. Uh, this encampment right now is being set to close because the city of Berkeley has asked money from Gavin Newsom to resolve this encampment. I would say that those $5 million should be catered to like the disabilities and the mental health needs that these people need to have so they can actually be safely exited out of their own shelterness, but that is not happening. And we have been communicating with the city of Berkeley since April. And the fact that one of our residents had to die because these services were not here, it's very tragic. I actually I actually connected outreach workers with this resident many times, multiple times, and all the days that they were there, and not a single time did they actually spend the time to, to help her. If anything, I was the one cleaning up her wounds because they couldn't even do that. So I would say that you guys have to really pay attention to how the city is responding to homelessness because nothing right now is being done. Their disabilities are not being accommodated in shelters. Like I have gone personally and asked myself, they will not accommodate anyone. So if you're asking yourself why they're on the street, it's because you guys are simply not actually resolving their own shelterness. Thank you. And Eid and then this gentleman. Thank you. Um, Council members, I came here today because I just wanted to point out that we're wasting a lot of money. Uh, there's a $1.2 million mobile wellness center that's supposed to go online soon, right? And the idea when it was conceived during the pandemic with the idea that 
we've got these stable encampments. And so we could bring services to those people, yoga and all kinds of wellness, mental health kind of ideas and so forth. But, but that's irrelevant now. Because if the city policy is to forcibly remove unhoused people and to dislodge them from those, from those encampments, then why are we spending $1.2 million on a mobile wellness center that what are they going to do? Go behind dumpsters and look for people? That what are they going to hide behind trees, under bridges, wherever you expect the homeless people to hide? It, do you understand that your policies are contradicting each other? And it is to the detriment of our people, and it is a, a, just a resource to suck. And we've got nothing to show for it but wounded and, and, and needy people. I hope you will look, look, look more broadly at what we, we, we don't understand what you're trying to do. Because what you give with one hand, you take away with the other. Thank you, Mr. Abdullah. And then, if you want to come up, sir, after him, I you want to like to say first memory of the 9/11 victims that changed the whole world. True, today's 9/12. That whole 9/11 thing was a scam. We don't know all the facts. Bin Laden, yes, did it, but he was an idiot, and he was used by others. I sent you a long email yesterday about that. Yesterday, the same thing about global warming, the same thing what's happening in Africa right now. Donald Trump promising his sick followers that if he get elected, he's going to start getting what he said before, I will make America white again. This is my point. As far as the point, and it's sad, but that's true. That's, that's why you have all this hate killing everywhere. So you don't read that in the American media, but you have to go to foreign media to see it. As far as the point at hand, I did send you that email. Each TV have been in business for over 50 years. We'll follow rules, we don't break rules, but we like to follow rules, intelligent rules that create business in Berkeley, that create money in Berkeley. <laughs> millions of dollars to the city of Berkeley finance. As I said, Mr. Hightower used to come to our business to pick up a check every year because the check was big. So treat us like we are, and I appreciate you. Mayor, everybody here, always return my call and send and respond to emails. That really make our life much easier. Uh, we don't need to go beyond this point. Thank you again. In the memory of 9-11, this is very small word. Last, last thing, global warming is very, very real. As a physicist, I don't think we're going to go beyond, if we're lucky, the end of the century. It may happen sooner. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. The gentleman in the seated, do you want to speak to an item not on the agenda? I think you indicated previously. Yeah. Please come forward to the podium if you'd like to speak. So I have a couple of police reports with the city of Berkeley police department. Um, I don't know if it is, is best to give the numbers here or not. A couple of years ago, there were a group of people here in the area that had stalked me while I was ready to attend Cal and I've been followed to multiple locations. And this whole thing had happened. Uh, I have, I was pushed out of my college enrollment. Um, I have brain damage and my entire life has been destroyed. And my parents have spent a lot of money to support me. And I was dealing with a lot of abnormal things here uh, instead of not having having to do so. 
So I have a couple of police reports with the city of Berkeley, and I've been very loud to them. And I have called the police department repeatedly, and I've called internal affairs, and I've called the DA's office, and then back to internal affairs, been very loud, and I started posting on next door, but I have not had any form of arrests. There's been yelling around my apartment off of Walnut Street, and people in the area know did this. I am certain that they know who did, but I have not had arrests and I need to have arrests. And so that is my concern here. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Okay, we're gonna go to the the five attendees on Zoom. Um, Kelly Hammergren, uh, if I can be made a co-host so I can help facilitate public comment, unless you wanna unmute people. Okay, we'll go next to Kelly Hammergren. Thank you for waiting patiently. Um, thank you. And the closed captioning and live transcription, the captioner is still not working. Does this mean there is no captioner this evening? Um, and if there's no captioner, can we please turn on the voice recognition program within Zoom? so that we have a transcript in addition to the recording of the meeting. Um, and then this brings me to another problem. I realize we're having a complication this evening. Um, and I saw that we have three disability, we have three members of the disability commission that are suing the city. Um, to have hybrid meetings or to be allowed to be on Zoom. And I really hope that we can work this out where we have hybrid meetings for our boards and commissions. Um, I did conduct a hybrid meeting for my art group this weekend on my own computer and it worked just fine. So um, maybe less technology is better for getting the job done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I know we're looking into the captioning issue. We'll go next to Russ Bates, followed by Nathan Mizell. Hi, everybody. Uh, three little things tonight. One, I'm wondering how difficult it must be for people going through mental health crises to have their crises occur during working hours. Gotta be real difficult. Berkeley Police. Um, <clears throat> I think there's supposed to be a mechanism in place to find cops that are not quite fitting the bill. And what it seems like is that um, it's a barrel full of rotten apples that maybe all the apples need to be thrown out. Um, but it kind of reminds me of uh, the guy whose girlfriend had her dog die and uh, she was upset and the guy said, oh, geez, I'll get you one just like it. And so he did and she was more irate. She said, what am I gonna do with two dead dogs now? Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll go next to Nathan Mizell, followed by Christina Murphy. Mr. Mizell, you should now be able to speak. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, can you hear me? Yes. 
I'm Mayor Council. My name is Nathan Mizell. I'm elected Rumpor Commissioner. I guess long time, I guess now advocate around public safety issues in our city. Um, as you can hear, I'm not feeling my best, but I wanted to speak today because of the severity of the allegations, the latest allegations against an officer of the Berkeley Police Department, Sergeant David Marble. Um, I think if you've read any of that complaint and judging by the timelines reported by Berkeley side, the council may have known, but it's pretty clear that if even 10% of what's in the complaint is true, we have now multiple races. Maybe I say if even 10% is true, we have multiple races within leadership within our police department today as we speak. And we are paying those one proven and one alleged racist over a million dollars in total compensation to be in our city and to be a part of our department and to wear our badge and the gun that we as a city give them. Um, to put in perspective, folks, that is four to six traffic engineers worth of folks in this city. That's four to six mental health professionals that are spending proven races and now one allegedly serious if any of those facts are true. And I believe that we're going to see just how much of it comes out of it. But what I can say is we clearly have a problem that goes to culture in our department. We clearly have a problem into how things are reported in our department when people feel the need to speak up. That was very clear from the Sergeant Kaselik facts. I know I don't have time to get into it all right now, but I just want those words that were in that complaint, I, 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 they, they bear one quick repeating and I, I'll, I'll get off here. You all do not belong here. Niggas do not belong here. That that is what is alleged to have been come out of the words of a sergeant in our police department. Only months after we learned of another sergeant sending racist text messages, which have been proven. This is a severe problem, and we have to start taking action. And frankly, we have to start reinvesting, as we told the folks of the city we would do years ago. I know we've taken steps, but we got to take a whole lot more. Thank you, and I, I hope this is something you're taking very seriously. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll go next to Christina Murphy, followed by Moni Law. Hello. Uh, I'm speaking as just a community member, a member of Friends of Adeline. Um, I just wanted to also acknowledge the person that we lost um, on Harrison. Um, I also want to acknowledge the two people that we lost from Uptown Berkeley. My concern is, is that for someone like me and the rest of the uh, Berkeley community members that still do work when most of you are at home resting. Um, I just want you to ask yourself, are you getting desensitized? I mentioned to someone that we lost someone and they told me, well, hmm, you know, and it's unfortunate when the person that you voted for is the person that's saying that. You wanna know who is really supporting the people that are most vulnerable. And I get concerned, so I'm asking everyone on the dais to please ask yourself, are you getting desensitized? Because it feels like it a little bit when you know, someone is trying to mention it to you and then you say, oh, well, we have a bigger problem. That, that's not a problem anymore. And I'm not gonna say any names, but one day I might have to go there. But today I'm just gonna say, 
please don't get desensitized. This is your community. This is the same community that voted for you. So please, please, please acknowledge and recognize the ones that we lost that did go through the proper system that we put in place to get into stable housing. Please don't get desensitized. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Money Law, and that completes uh, this round of public comment on non-agenda matters. Good, e good evening, Mayor, Council, and community. Um, in honor of Barbara Bruss, the founder of Consider the Homeless, I also would like to uh, honor those who've lost their lives to our streets, what Paul Blake calls abandonment to the asphalt. And we do need to do better. I'd like to thank Council former Council Member Davila, Jessica Prado, and Andrea Pritchett for their eloquent remarks. Secondly, I'm concerned with the SCU that it be ramped up to 24-7 ASAP. Ms. Um, former Speaker just talked about Christina. She works in the streets and helping people. And one of our friends was in need and she called on SCU. I don't believe that they were available and they need to be to de-escalate situations. Third and final, to Sergeant Marble is an embarrassment and a negligent retention and negligent supervision problem for B. PD, and we can do better there, and we should be ashamed. I do not feel safe in the streets as a Black woman with an officer who pulled a gun on a neighbor in Antioch. What would he do to another Black person in Berkeley? Please do something quick and swift. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, that completes this round of public comment on non-agenda matters. Um, we're now going to go um, to public comment for employee unions. We recently adopted a policy to provide officially designated representatives of City of Berkeley employee unit unions five minutes to address the council on anything within the jurisdiction of their uh, represented union. Um, so I'd like to ask, are there any um, representatives of any City of Berkeley employee unions that would like to address the council this evening here in the boardroom? Okay, then I'd like to ask, are there any um, representatives of um, City of Berkeley employee unions that would like to address the council as part of this employee union public comment period. If so, please raise your hand so I can recognize you. This is the last call for public comment by employee unions. Ms. Law, are you the officially designated representative of CSU? This is only for officially designated representatives. Uh, thank you, uh, Mayor. I am not, so I'm just gonna talk about COVID, but thank you. Okay. Safety, thank you. Okay, I don't see any other raised hands, so we'll close the, this public comment period for representatives of employee unions. We'll now proceed to the consent calendar, um, which I know everyone's been waiting patiently for us to get to. Um, so on the consent calendar, um, uh, I'd like to suggest first that we, um, with, with respect to item 25, which is accommodating client, client literacy and cognitive challenges in community agency, allocation funding processes for homeless providers. Um, as the report notes, um, uh, staff has already included this in the, um, in the uh, application process for nonprofit organizations. So I'd like to suggest we approve item 25B on the consent calendar. Is there any objection to approving item 25B? Okay, hearing no objection, that'll be the action. Um, uh, with respect to item 31, the budget referral for the Milwaukee Pocket Forest Pilot Program, to support carbon sequestration, biodiversity, cooling, uh, noise reduction, health and equity. Um, Council Member Hahn has agreed to uh, include me as a co-sponsor of that item. So thank you very much. Thank you for introducing it. 
And then item 32 um, on the action calendar designating open space adjacent to and in front of old city hall as a city park pursuant to BMC uh, chapter 6.42. Um, is there any objection to moving that to the consent calendar? I have a, a, um, a, a minor issue that I just um, discovered that maybe can be settled on consent. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, why, why don't we, we'll get to that when we, we get to you, Councilor Weingraf, if that's okay. Okay. All right. Those are all my comments, and we'll go to Council Member Weingraf next. Uh, thank you. Um, <clears throat> on, on item um, 32, um, it, it occurred to me uh, just a, a couple of minutes ago, actually, that um, using the language adjacent to and in front of is really not adequate legal language to define the land that we're talking about. And um, I'm concerned because it's, it's very general and it's very broad. And at some point in the future, um, how are we gonna know where that line is, where that boundary is? So I think, I, I think that it requires uh, better language and I would turn to the city attorney um, to see if there's a suggestion for how we could we could be more specific in this item. Um, one way to address that issue is to oh, sorry. Uh, we could try to use the legal description. Or if there are parcels, we could use the parcelized language. I don't know if um, Mr. Garland is here, but I think we could probably work at, at the staff level with the Public Works Department and come up with some um, appropriate language to describe those land areas adequately. And maybe include a map. Okay. Is, is it possible to postpone this item until that language can, can come back? I mean, I, I think we could approve it and give direction to staff to um, uh, to provide that specificity. I think we're talking about the assessor parcel numbers, right? Uh, which is what we've done for rezoning efforts. We've used APN numbers for that for that express purpose. Is Scott or Liam on? I see Scott. I know that Councilor Harrison has been working with Public Works on this. Mr. Ferris, are you there? I am. Great. Did you hear that the question slash issue? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if, it, if it's not an issue from my perspective, but I think Freema uh, had it right in saying that we probably need to come if we need if you need further specification, we need uh, public works or myself will need to come back to identify um, the parcel or be put a map in there. Okay. Um, Just to clarify, I don't think you would need to come back. I think those could, I think maybe um, instruction can be given to staff to craft specific language that describes the lots or names the parcels. And uh, I don't know if Mr. Garland is here. That information might be readily available, but I, I just don't um, have that information handy. Yeah, I think we'd have to look at the uh, assessor parcel maps but we, you, we could approve this and provide direction 
that in as part of the action of approving item 32 we are approving it for the for the express purpose of designating that the land um in front of and adjacent to as part of that parcel number um uh and it could be noted in the official record the minutes that could include that spe that specific clarification um is that sufficient council member Wengraf, to address well, your you know this is not an item that's been vetted at all um with any of our commissions or our policy committees so um i'm i'm not really feeling i'm feeling a little shaky because there's been no public no public engagement on this at all so it sounds like you want to discuss it tonight i'm not opposed to it it's just that process wise it's coming directly to us as a resolution with pretty loose language. So I'm just concerned about that. I'm not concerned about doing it. I'm concerned about how we're doing it. Well, I think your, your comment is ensuring that we are narrowly uh, tailoring the language to focus on those specific areas and not in incorporating other areas that do not fall within the um the intent of the item correct yeah yeah okay why don't we see what we can come up with while we're discussing the consent calendar see if we can find a solution um and this is on the action calendar so if we're not able to come to some consensus on consent we will take it up very shortly on action okay. uh, councilor weingraf um you have the floor okay thank you and on item 31 um, the Miyawaki Forest, I'm wondering if Councilmember Hahn would be willing to um, include a sentence asking that um, if it's funded, that the here there uh, site be explored as a possible pilot. I'm more than happy to add that. I left it open for uh, for 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 the uh, for staff to to evaluate sites, but happy to include that specifically. Okay, great. Thank you, Councilor Wengraf. Any it. other? That's okay. it. For me. That's a great suggestion. Okay, um, we'll go next to um, six. Who's six? Oh yeah, so she's there. she's one. Councilmember Harrison, yeah. <laughs> this is thank you very much. I'm going to address Councilmember Wengrass' comment in a minute. Um, first of all, I want to thank Councilmember um, Humbert for naming someone to the the Police Accountability Board. The board has been very um, uh, hammered by the fact it does not have more than five members, and what that means is that they can't have subcommittees effectively. They can only have one person subcommittees. It's been a really kind of an, an unfortunate situation. So thank you very much for moving ahead. And I think your appointee looks fabulous. And I would encourage the rest of you that don't have appointees to have this done soon because we're making it impossible for this body that the citizens of Berkeley voted on to do their job. So without you appointing people, we cannot get this done. Um, also, I wanted to say on item 23, thank you, um, Ms. Pritchett, for mentioning the encampment mobile mental health team. I wanted to clarify with the staff, if I could, that this team will also work with RV dwellers. Is that correct? Do I have the staff here to address that? Dr. Varhus, no? 
Council member, this is Peter Radu, assistant to the city manager. Um, yes, we can accommodate working with uh, RV dwellers um, insofar as they're um, you know, members of our encampment community. I think it's just gonna be a function of standing up the contract and uh, figuring out um, how we are prioritizing limited resources, but certainly um, we, we anticipate being able to include RV dwellers in our target population. That's great. Thank you for that, Mr. Rodu. I really appreciate it. There also, I saw the commission asked for to make sure we have inclement weather supplies. And I think the staff have agreed to that as well for encampments. Is that right? Uh, yes, the council with the adoption of the latest budget um, included uh, sufficient resources for um, a more robust inclement weather response. And so we're uh, actively working to, to plan for and stand that program up as we speak. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I think we're making a lot of progress in this area. Thanks for that. Um, I just want to say something briefly about number 30, which is my budget referral for beautification of windows um, in vacant properties. I hope everyone understands that even though the Downtown Business Association came up with this idea and is working with merchants to um, make this possible, that this would be available to all commercial districts throughout the city. Um, we have a real crisis with vacant commercial properties. We need to beautify those. Walking by these blank windows while we're waiting for some really needed development has proven to be pretty depressing in the downtown and probably in all of your districts. So, you know, I, I'm really excited that the DBA came up with this idea where we would share the cost of doing that, of providing these window graphics that could be really beautiful. We could have a picture of Milwaukee Forest. We could have a picture of bird safe glass. We could have all sorts of many things and artists will compete on this. So I wanna thank you all for your support of that item as it goes through the budget process. Um, I also tried to co-sponsor 31, but I want you to know that the Milwaukee Forest is the most popular item I've ever seen at council. I think all eight of us asked to co-sponsor and so thank you, Councilmember Hahn, for this excellent item. We can't all be on it, but we all love it. So just so you know, we are all enamored of this idea. We think it's terrific. Um, I have a statement I was going to make about, um, in response to um, what's happened recently with our department, our police department, but I think I will put that online instead. Of doing that right now. Okay, finally, I want to talk about item 32, which is the parks. And um, I had spoken with Council Member Wengraff at length about her concern that the area we're talking about is only the area contiguous to Old City Hall and not inclusive of the courthouse and the police department. That is correct. Those areas are not now maintained by parks, nor would they be included in this item. So we are really conscious of the fact the police may need the area in front of their building for something else. They maintain that right now anyway, and that we might want to do something else with the courthouse um, over the long run. I'm thinking we could make better use of that property, and we should be talking to the county about that. So I think the map was pretty clear and have been adjusted at Councilmember Wengraff's request. Um, since I don't think at this moment Council Wengraff wants to move this to, to consent, even though I believe the staff could address the parameters. Is that right, Councilmember Wengraff? I don't know. I'm sorry, I, I thought we were waiting for um, for staff to come back with some language. Okay, great. I, so I, I thought that. that was the intention of the mayor. Is that correct, Mayor? Uh, yeah, I think Mr. Garland is on the call now. Um, uh, you know, Kate, I just wanted to emphasize, I am not opposed to the item. I just want the language to be- I understand. No, uh, I want the boundaries to be defined, which I think 
it's why a totally reasonable thing to want. Why don't we go to uh, Liam Garland, Director of Public Works. Um, okay. Yeah, um, Mayor, City Council, I apologize. For some reason, my video is not working. Uh, what's, what's the question that we're trying to answer? Uh, Councilmember Wengraff has raised concern about the fact that item 32 does not include the APN or include a spe the specific technical boundary of the area that would be designated as a park, correct? Yes. And so we're trying to get some guidance as to what we can do to specify that in the item or, in, or as part of the action to approve the item. Um, I don't have a, a teed up ready solution for this. You've got the- I have an answer. The... Have an answer. Can I ask Mr. Garland a question? Am I allowed to do that at this point? Uh, Mr. Garland or uh, Mr. Ferris, as I understand it, the police department maintains a portion of this property now and you maintain a portion of the property. Is that correct? Along Martin Luther King, isn't that right? Um, yeah, uh, yes, so there's, yeah, yes, it, uh, the, the area in front of the courthouse is is maintained, is not um, park's responsibility to maintain. Um, the area in front of Old City Hall is currently. Okay, so what I'm suggesting is we define it as the area currently maintained by parks, which is the area simply in front of Old City Hall. Is that, I'll turn back to you, Mr. Mayor. Councilmember Weingraff. Yeah. Um... Kate, in, in 25 years, if somebody goes and looks at that resolution, that is going to mean nothing. Nobody is going to understand. It's what... on the action calendar. We'll get to Thank it you. after consent. Thank you. Um, Councilor, Councilor Humbert. Yes. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, and I have just a few comments and um some of them have already been made, so I'm not going to repeat um, some of the comments already uh, already made, but um, I'll skip directly to, well, I'm really excited. Let me, let me just say, I'm really excited to be a co-sponsor on number 29 on the consent calendar. I think the idea of BRT for 51B in the University Avenue corridor is really important and worth, and, and worth studying. Um, I think it could really improve um, that quarter for everybody, for you know the safety of the the folks who transit the quarter, and actually um, could really benefit the merchants as well. So let me let me just address quickly um, item number thirty, um, the budget referral for the um, uh, the decoration for storefront windows, and I'm going to be a little bit of a Grinch on on this one. Um, I'd like to be marked as abstaining on this budget referral. I think it's a laudable idea, and I think it could enhance the aesthetics of our commercial districts, but I'm really concerned about its cost justification. If we're going to earmark $100,000, I'd much rather direct that to support our wonderful Office of Economic Development, uh, to do permit exped expediting, fee relief, and other initiatives to actually get businesses into these spaces. But I also want to say, given the strained financial circumstances in which the city finds itself, my feeling is that we need to focus any spare funds we have on human welfare, feeding and housing people, protecting their lives and limbs from crime, making sure they can travel safely on, on our degraded roads and sidewalks. 100000 is half the money, for example, that it would take to install our RFBs 
at a dangerous intersection, hit it by a lot of stop signs, or it would really help Berkeley Food Network put food on people's tables. So for these reasons, I abstain on that item. Otherwise, um, no comments. Thank you very much. Councilor Han, then we'll go to public comment. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and I wanna welcome the students and families and Neelan Patil from uh, Berkeley Unified School District, who has been spearheading um, the efforts at Berkeley Unified to bring Milwaukee forests to our city. And I'm very excited to have this item before the council today. Um, this is for a pilot project that would bring two pilot Milwaukee forests onto city property and expand the impact of this great initiative that, that has been begun in the schools. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more after we take um, public comment because some of these young people have been waiting a very long time. Um, and I trust my colleagues have taken a look at the item. They have um, documents here. These are letters um, from other students and um, a number of them would like to speak to us today. So um, Mayor, I'll continue my comments after okay. uh, comment. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, so let's now go to public comment on the consent calendar and thank you all for coming tonight. And we look forward to your comments and thanks for all your work. Um, how, oh, my name is Evelyn Lloyd and I um, used to go to school at Cragmont and that was the place that planted the forest, Milwaukee forest. I actually helped plant it with Georgia. Anyway, now I'm at King, but today I wanted to say um, that Milwaukee forests we need because we have been using like so much like paper, toilet paper. I think I hope everybody uses that. Um, <laughs> and like we've been using a lot of stuff, and we we want to repay the climate for what we've taken. Taken. Um, so Milwaukee forest helps a lot because it goes a lot faster, and it helps the environment. Um. Thank you very much. Let's go, Milwaukee Forests. Hello, uh, I'm a 13, uh, eighth grader at King. Uh, I used to go to school at Craigmont with him, and I helped plant the Milwaukee Forest at uh, King. And I wrote this poem, and I wrote this poem and it goes something like this. Money, money, money. It's all people care about. They don't care about the forest, the creatures inside. All they want the money. The houses they live in, they want them to be big. The houses, some trees get down to build the houses. Some trees get down to see the views. It's all people really care about. So we need some more Milwaukee forest. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Neelam Patil, and um, I am a school teacher in Berkeley and the person who brought the Milwaukee forests to Berkeley. And um, as a, I had a speech, but it's on my cell phone, which is used, being used to take photos. Um, but you can see there's a lot of support. I'm really happy to hear that all of you wanted to co-sponsor the bill. Um, 
all I can say is as a former, I was a renter in North Berkeley. I used to enjoy lots of walks on tree-lined streets. I'm now a property owner in South Berkeley. And um, the, 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 the difference is palpable. Uh, there's definitely a lack of trees and uh, there's more violence in South Berkeley as well. And there's actually scientific research around uh, violence and um, uh, the more trees there are th that actually gets lowered. And um, as a school teacher in Berkeley, so I live and work in Berkeley um, and I pretty much stay here most of my time. Um, I can see that my students are affected by climate grief and climate anxiety. And uh, I, 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 it, it tears me up inside to see that. And so I did this for them and um, I do this work for them. And um, I, I just feel very emotional about this. And also Berkeley is about to make history by if they do pass this, uh, because they would be the very first city in the whole country to pass this type of legislation. And I hope that this legislation can be um, a flagship and a template and a beacon of hope for climate action for the whole country because our forests within just eight months, the trees are eight feet tall. So that is a metric that blows everything else out of the water in my opinion and my scientific knowledge. I am a science teacher. And so we can really make a difference if we do this. So I urge you to pass this and fund it this year, not wait. Thank you. Hi, my name is Alicia Graves. I'm uh, Berkeley. Um, I own a home here and a taxpayer, of course. And I'm the mother of Oliver and Evelyn and friends with the other kids here and, and worked with Neelam on this initiative to get Berkeley, to get Milwaukee Forest at the Berkeley schools. Um, I want to say I support it. Please fund it. And the link, one of the links with uh, with safety, because I can see that that's a big issue, is that um, the, these forests will help they helped, they have a cooling effect as trees do. They have a cooling effect. So if the trees could please be planted in parts of the city that currently don't have a lot of um, green space, I think that is a very, very important consideration. I'll also be vocal when it comes time to um, put this into action and make sure that it's planted in the parts of the city that need it most. Thank you very much. Good evening, Mayor and distinguished members of the council. My name is Dan Mulholland Beers. I'm a veteran science teacher at Berkeley High School. Um, I just want to say as a representative of the BHS Science Department, we pledge to take advantage of this learning opportunity and get the students involved in serving the city of Berkeley in this way through, you know, annual uh, field trips to the Milwaukee forests. Uh, BUSD students will participate in related service learning projects. We'll get them to help dig. We're going to get them to help weed. We're going to help maintain the Milwaukee forest because it's real. As Neilan was saying, it's it's cutting edge. Berkeley can be at the forefront of climate action. Um, we can conduct real fieldwork research by collecting and analyzing and reporting the data to document tree growth and estimates of carbon sequestration and also the um, positive benefits uh, to address the urban heat island effect, as was mentioned before. Um, in terms of education and outreach, students, you know, the next generation can promote and champion the positive impacts of the Milwaukee forests. The um, high school students maybe could mentor <clears throat> elementary school students, um, possibly at uh, city events, citizens of Berkeley. And then as students graduate from uh, Berkeley schools, uh, champion and promote Milwaukee forests 
to their classmates in college and around the country. Um, BOSD students can be the stewards of the city of Berkeley's Milwaukee forests, and maybe through the experience, um, they can become advocates for greater urban sustainability and environmental justice. Thank you. Hi. You want to say your name? Amalia. And what school do you go to? Pigmont. And do you want another Milwaukee Forest? Do you want another Milwaukee Forest? Yes, we do. There are, and why? Are they beautiful? The beautiful for city. We need more beautiful forests in our city. Hi. Um, on behalf of the Homeless panel, Services Panel of Experts, I'm speaking to item 23 and 25. Um, it, very pleased that staff has not opposed either of these items. Um, it actually shows that uh, they're listening to commissions. Commissions can make some of a, a somewhat of a difference. Uh, going first to item 25, I want to read from the companion report because this is a really major issue about clients' literacy and cognitive challenges that are in our homeless services who are often given papers to sign that they have no idea what they're signing. So from the staff's companion report, staff agree that many persons who engage with the homeless services system have literacy and cognitive challenges. And after the homeless services of experts approved their recommendation, voluntarily agreed to, to add a question to assess how homeless services providers are providing accommodations to these persons as part of the agency allocation funding process. In response, moving on later, staff have preemptively added a question to address these concerns to the agency allocation funding process. So that's the first time that these, um, these issues will be part of the RFPs. So thank you, staff, for adding that. Um, second, as to item 23, earlier you heard criticism of the mental health services. And as part of this encampment, what mobile wellness team uh, a proposal from its very inception, I was skeptical at the beginning because I too, when I heard about things like yoga, felt that it was somewhat tone deaf, you know, to, to a clear population that had serious mental health uh, wellness needs that needed to be addressed. However, and this is 2.8 million, not 1.3 million as earlier stated, over a four to five uh, year time period. Um, since then, I'm pleased and you will see at your next agenda that options is, uh, is the provider and uh, inclement weather and RVs have been a constant issue that's come up before our commissions as our commission has to be unaddressed. Uh, there was insufficient inclement weather response last year. People need tents. They need a constant flow of gloves, for example. They need their, their needs met. 
and incorporating that staff has agreed to incorporate this in this MHSA outreach program is just is is really great yeah. and also has to the RVs. You've heard it repeatedly how much there needs to be outreach in terms of them. This and it can be done through these MHSA monies. So very grateful that staff has not opposed either of these recommendations. And uh, thank you to thank Council you. for pointing out that side. Good evening. I'm Adrian Lerng, a Berkeley Transportation Infrastructure Commissioner. I'm also a public servant and a father. I'm here with a letter unanimously endorsed by our commission to the city council. It's communication number 69 in your packet. In it, we describe labor capacity problems for city of Berkeley transportation staffing and more broadly for public works. These problems prevent progress for city goals related to safety, health, equity, climate change, mobility, and access. The letter has details. Tonight, I want to focus on the major negative factor that starts with city council for which you need to be accountable. I'm referring to the Hopkins Street project fiasco. Elected official interference in the project outcomes created a hostile environment for city workers. This demoralizes staff, fuels burnout, and reduces retention. Furthermore, it inhibits future applicants from filling vacancies. The expulsion of Fareed Javindal as a way to undo the approved and legislated improvement plan demonstrates how political ambition obstructs collective progress. Good transportation plans are based on outreach, research, design, facts, and logic. Discomfort from stakeholders regarding change, like parking loss, is expected as status quo inertia. It's fine to share these viewpoints, but if they lead to decisions that overrule good thorough planning in order to coddle wealthier residents, we will have no progress. Everyone sees how staff are set up to fail. It's tempting to think elected officials have the right to dictate what happens in the public realm. That's wrong. You don't. You have the responsibility to listen to your voters and discuss their concerns. More importantly, you answer to the general public good, which is derived from a much larger confluence of thought and analysis from city staff and technicians who we rely on for their expertise. When you toss aside that expertise for political gain, you sever the trust between city staff and leadership, and the entire public suffers the whims of a few landowners. Everyone sees it. You've reduced faith in leadership, and you've sowed government dysfunction. We deserve better. You need to do better. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good evening, Council. My name is Ayanna Davis. I'm here as a uh, private citizen to um, give acknowledgement to the mayor and to Chris Schilt for nominating me for the Housing Authority Board of Directors. I accept that nomination um, with an understanding that so much needs to be done around housing with a clear sight on the fact that with the prices of housing, how in the world is anyone ever gonna be able to use a section eight voucher in Berkeley anymore? I was uh, a young single mother um, 
in my early 20s, when I first got my Section 8 certificate, that supported me as I pursued my undergraduate degree. Uh, I then uh, applied again and never received Section 8. I have, we have participants at Healthy Black Families that were on the waiting list for Section 8 for years, came up to the top of the waiting list for a certificate and waited five years and never received a certificate. That person had to reapply again and was over 11,000 on the waiting list. I heard the last opening was 20,000 people. I'm here to make a commitment to the people of Berkeley um, that we will work, I will work to represent them for not just what we call affordable housing, but housing that the people can afford and bringing forth somewhere and places where people can live in comfort and safety and peace. Thank you. Thank you so very much for being willing to step into this important role. We're very fortunate for your leadership. Hello. Hi, I'm talking about item number 23, which addresses the encampment mobile mental health wellness team. I would like to say that there is a necessity for this team to be out there with the homeless response team. They should not be going out there on their own. I have asked Peter Radu, Okia Bands, and all the people part of the homeless response team if they even have any psychiatric uh, certification or anything. They have no training, absolutely no training at all. You know, and they also feel that they, in a sense, they feel helpless to be able to address the situations without any actual, you know, background on how to handle this. Uh, and I know that you guys also know that Jennifer died on, 19, on August 19, and you guys were all emailed about it. And not a single person said, I'm sorry for your loss. What do you need? Nothing. And that speaks a lot about how, what you guys are actually intended to do. You know, you guys are just trying to erase people instead of actually trying to help them out of this situation. And I will tell you that a lot of people want out of this situation, but the problem that they have is that they just can't believe in themselves anymore because everybody else has failed them. So we need mental health to be able to help people to recover, to be able to accept the services that they need and so they can exit out of homelessness. Uh, so I would ask you for this team to be there with the homeless response team and then outreach should be made before anybody is displaced. Thank you. Okay. Um, Council members, I wanted to express my concern. I know there's a number of items about the police. I know Council Member Humbert is appointing somebody to the Police Accountability Board. And, um, and I want to stress how urgently we need some accountability in this town. The lawsuit by um, Lynn, Mr. Lindum, Lindhurst in Antioch can be corroborated by some video that we have at Cop Watch. I'd like to play a little bit for you now. Those folks at home who want to um, locate the video, you can do so on our Instagram and so forth. I'll just play just a, just a little, little moment of it. Um, the situation, it was seven year, uh, six years ago, and uh, Officer Marble went to People's Park, and he encountered a black man there. And this is that this is that encounter. 
Oh, did you see what happened? Mm -hmm. Did you see what happened? That no, anybody? no, didn't see. Essentially, I hope you'll take a chance, take a moment to listen to the whole video and watch the whole thing. The man was stopped because he was black and he protested and then he was arrested. And the crowd was so outraged that he was unarrested. But when Officer Marvel says, I don't want to hear that black crap, what, what do you imagine that he means by that? And how often have we been enabled? And this is only weeks after you got a $50,000 report back from a consultant who said there was no racial bias in the Berkeley Police Department. You gonna believe, what are we, we going to believe around here? And more importantly, what are we going to do? The people of this city have been trying to tell, well, how do we get our voices heard? We're seeing this in the streets. The data is telling you it happens. You don't even need a fancy early warning system. You need somebody with integrity to look at the data and to intervene when you know that you have a, a, a racist, let alone a violent racist, somebody that we've given a gun and half a million dollars a year. Where is our spine? And those of you who have not appointed somebody to the PAB, you enable this behavior. Say your, your doorstep now. Down, you want to speak? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough to follow. You got to count people. You got to appoint people to the PAB. But I do want to close on the Milwaukee Forest stuff. And for Dan Glusenkamp with the California Institute for Biodiversity, in strong support of Councilmember Hans, very far-sighted budget referral, and hope that you all support it. And and to save a moment of time, also in strong support for item number thirty-two. We think it's a good step forward. Thank you very much. Good evening, council members. I was inspired listening to the Milwaukee Forest item to uh, tell you two things. First, there's a great site that the city owns, I believe, which is at the uh, conjunction of Adeline Street, Martin Luther King, and Market Street, where it goes down into Oakland. There was a wonderful mature grove of poplar trees there that was right at the end of the street. It was always a pleasure to see. In recent years, it was cut down tree by tree, the poplars tried to regenerate, and now it's just a dusty little hillock. That could be replanted this year, and that could be a 30, 40 foot grove of trees by the time the children who spoke today are out of high school. So um, go to it on a, on a site like that. Uh, second, um, some of you know I'm on the design review committee. Every time we review a big building project, we emphasize planting street trees, uh, planting good street trees and as many as possible. And we make a really strong point of that. 
and then um, we go see the projects when they're built and many of them have zero street trees put in and we're given all sorts of reasons why it wasn't possible to plant to you know to to cover an entire half block or a block with a new building and somehow you only get concrete and asphalt and you don't get street trees this really needs to change um, both the the city needs to make a priority of planting street trees where new projects are developed trees that will grow big look at cities like paris big trees big buildings uh, and uh, the city needs to enforce that um, and it's so discouraging when i see a new building go up that we voted for that provides a lot of housing and the street frontage is pretty much barren um, we could do a lot of carbon sequestration there thank you Hi there. Um, I want to start by just, I want to echo what Andrew Pritchett said. I feel like she said it really well. I don't think I can say it any better. Um, I also want to make a comment on item 30. I wasn't going to speak, um, but the irony is really hitting me. Um, it feels like Berkeley, I, I, I was born here, grew up here. Um, I noticed there's a lot of focus on looking good um, and looking pretty and the beautification of I don't know, it's hard to see an item with funding that could go elsewhere to making, you know, downtown look nicer. And, and I get it, like I wanna walk through a beautiful city too, but the juxtaposition of that with like the denial of, you know, we don't have enough services. We're having people dying on the street. We're losing community members. Um, it seems really ironic that we would be spending more money to beautify a city when we can't seem to get enough um, wherewithal together to provide proper mental health support and health support to uh, those of us in Berkeley, those of our Berkeleyans who have the least resources. You know, our businesses have more resources than them. Our, even our small businesses are. I, and the fact that this is like after we evicted like all the people living in downtown Berkeley, like I used to do outreach there. Where are those people? It feels like Berkeley wants to erase Berkeleyans who live on the streets. Um, I just want to put out the irony. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Are there any other in-person speakers on the consent calendar? Okay, if not, we'll go to speakers on Zoom. Mark Headland's the first speaker. Thank you. I wanted to make one quick point in favor of item 29, the 51 BRT proposal. If we were to work with AC Transit to increase the frequency of the current 51B bus line, at best, we can make the experience of riding that bus almost, almost as fast and easy as driving a car. Unfortunately, though, those buses would still get stuck in traffic, still get stuck at red lights, and still have to fight other vehicles to get in and out of their stops. We can approach the convenience of a car, but we can never pass it. Bus rapid transit though is different. With a dedicated lane of traffic, signal priority, and no car contention at stops, BRT offers the possibility to make riding the bus better than driving a car, maybe even much better as other cities have found. That's what we should want to do every time we look at mode shift. Whenever possible, we should make the options that are better for Berkeley overall better for each person using them too. 
The 51 BRT proposal allows us the chance to do that and also benefits the climate, our housing goals, and road safety. Therefore, please vote in favor of item 29. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Lindsay, followed by Raul Maldonado. Hi, thank you, Council. My name is Lindsay Damashek. I'm here to represent Telegraph for People, and I'm also here to support item 29 to add a BRT lane or at least propose a BRT lane on University and Shattuck. Ten years ago, um, a similar proposal came forward to the Council and, and the Council, some people on this Council, nimbied that proposal to add a BRT lane on Telegraph Avenue, which we are seeing the effects of it today with the high congestions, double parking. And as a student, it's just really inconvenient, not even as a student, just anybody trying to get anywhere from, from Southside to downtown Berkeley. And I just wanted to come on here because I really support this proposal. I think this is this would be a great initiative for the city to speed up traffic. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Our next speaker is Raul Maldonado, followed by Christina Murphy. Hello, Council. Um, I'm representing East Bay Yimby. Uh, yes, my backyard. Uh, in regards to confirming the letter of support for Terry Taplin's uh, item number 29 at 51B BRT University Shadda Corridor Mobility Improvement. Um, the letter just you know stated. Um, that, you know, uh, we as a Yimby group of 300 plus people in the East Bay believe that this project aligns perfectly with our vision for definitely an inclusive, accessible, and vibrant community in Berkeley. Um, we are dedicated to promoting responsible development that addresses the pressuring issues with housing shortage, traffic congestion, previously mentioned by Telegraph for People in the previous comment. Shout out to them. And you know, also environmental sustainability as well, those themes of that in, in this whole entire meeting today. And this BRT lane would help address or help with environmental sustainability. We recognize the uh, intersection, the efficient public transportation and well-designed urban mobility and housing solutions, right? Uh, essential to achieve these goals. Um, again, just want y'all to check out that letter, um, email to y'all by me um, yeah looking forward to that item when it comes up um and of course you know have a good day thank you uh christina murphy is our next speaker followed by kelly hammergren hello um i wanted to say as a member of friends of adeline that it sounds great that we want to beautify downtown berkeley um i hope also in that that we can review there's a lot of outreach advocates and workers um, that walk up and down the street all through the day, um, even after hours when you all go home to your families, there's still people walking up and down the streets that's providing support, peer support, um, quick cleaning up. And when we go to the merchants to use the restroom, they tell us no. They say you have to buy something. Even if you bought something the day before and spent $30, the next day they say, if you haven't, and it's happened to me. It happened to me at the theater that's no longer there anymore by Starbucks. It happened to me at Mex last week where I tried to use the restroom. I even showed I was um, that I'm providing services for the homeless to keep them out of their stores and so that they can, uh, so that uh, I'll, um, and then they tell me no. 
you have to buy something. I think we need to review that. We should put like little stickers on all of our name tags so that we can use the restroom when we're walking up and down the street. I also would like you guys to know that I spend almost like $148 a week. It costs $4 for one hour to park and it's really a, a hardship. Um, it would be nice if we all can get some window so that um, uh, Berkeley uh, service providers and outreach workers don't have to keep getting tickets. I think in the last two years, I've got about 20 tickets and I tried to pay the meter, but I really can't afford it all the time. Um, and so it would be nice if you could review that. Also, while you're beautifying downtown Berkeley, can you please put a beautiful porta potty or a toilet so that everyone else can use the restroom that's not welcome because they can't purchase out the stores. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Kelly Hammergren, followed by Aaron Deem. Um, thank you. And um, I do want to thank Councilmember Hahn for the Milwaukee Forest. I think that's a great idea, and I hope that that translates into better planting by the rest of us who live in this city so that we have fewer invasive species in our yards and gardens and that we uh, plant more native plants so that we are supporting biodiversity. Uh, I wanna thank Steve Finnecom for his comment on the trees. It's very disappointing. Um, the projects approved uh, for planting trees are not following through. Um, I read in the Chronicle this last weekend about um, the broken hiring system by the city of San Francisco. And I noticed that we have quite a number of positions here for um, posted in the consent calendar tonight. And I would really like to hear how our hiring system in Berkeley is working. And, and I would love to hear that our hiring system is not broken like San Francisco's. So a report on, on how we streamline hiring in Berkeley would be a wonderful uh, presentation to have. Uh, and then on the beautiful beautification of uh, vacant storefronts, when we have vacant storefronts that really impacts the area negatively and it often brings with it um, more crime and violence. And so I really do appreciate um, this item. And I also see it as supporting our local artists um, who often have a difficult time supporting themselves. And so I think this is a great opportunity for local artists in the city at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron Deem is our next speaker, followed by Russ Bates. Good evening, Council. Thank you for taking my comment. I wanted to start by thanking Councilmember Hong for item number 31 on the Miyawaki Forest. And I just want to say I love these things. I actually intentionally go visit them. I ride my bike around town and I have just been enjoying their four of them currently planted and I cannot wait to see more of them. Um, you know, they, one of the benefits is they're all locally native species and they even collect uh, locally, locally sourced seeds. So this helps us maintain the genetic biodiversity of our region. And these native plants are critical 
to support insects and birds. There is a marriage between native plant, insect, and bird. And when we plant non-native plants, we often do not and cannot support the insects that birds need. And that's why sometimes we talk about adapted species. So one of the fantastic things, one of the many fantastic things about these forests is that they have native plants in them that will support insects and birds and cool. And I don't know if you all have read the book called The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wollobin, but it talks about how trees live in communities, how they actually feed each other. They have traced isotopes from one tree to the other so they can actually see if a nearby tree is actually sick and ailing and the other surrounding trees will feed it nutrients. And this is kind of how we are in the community, right? We like to support each other. So it's another of these wonderful benefits of these closely packed forests and with all the vegetation is they can support each other versus when we have isolated trees, they may be more vulnerable and um, to basically not being quite as robust. So just really excited about the item. And I think it's going to benefit the community and especially the school children right there. They're going to look out the window and experience those gardens. I also want to thank Council Member Harrison for item number 30 and echo a lot of what uh, Kelly Hammergren just said uh, by beautifying uh, beautifying the window storefronts. It is important. I actually live near the downtown and having um, an aesthetically pleasing um, area does help with crime and uh, will attract more businesses. So, And I did appreciate the mention of potentially having bird safe designs on those that artwork. Thank you. We'll go next to Russ Bates, followed by Todd Andrew. Okay, hello again, everybody. Um, trees, trees, trees. You know where there are a lot of trees that have been recently planted and are looking really, really good? And the first time I walked by was the first time I've been happy since I saw the trees in People's Park being cut down by expert tree company on behalf of the regents of the University of California. Uh, like I said, I've been bummed out since then. I didn't even know that until I saw the trees growing there again. Um, I would hope and pray by golly that uh, they don't do that again. Uh, it's, gonna, it's gonna be irritation on top of irritation. And uh, making Berkeley beautiful, get rid of the Downtown Berkeley Association or the Berkeley Property Owners Association who are uh, celebrated on top of that monstrosity, 28 story hotel and they celebrated up there where people can't get hold of them, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a darn shame is what it is. Thank you very much. We'll go next to Todd Andrew, followed by Elizabeth Thomas. Oh, hi, Mayor. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you other council members also for your service. Um, I'm speaking tonight in support of council member Taplin's item on the consent calendar item 2951 BRT in the University and Shattuck Corridor. Uh, I would like to also expand my comments to include support for BRT and transportation equity and safety measures on other major corridors in the city of Berkeley. Um, I think it's sort of an abomination. Well, an abomination might be an overstatement, an embarrassment may be more accurate, that uh, such transportation improvements basically end three blocks into Berkeley on San Pablo and then begin again uh, outside our borders. Um, 
And of course, we're all familiar with the Hopkins ordeal. I want to go a little further than the Telegraph for People representative did earlier and be specific about what happened not 10 years ago, but 13 years, four months, and 13 days ago on April 29th of 2010. On that day, bus rapid transit, a study of bus rapid transit, an ERI was proposed for uh, Telegraph. And Councilmember Moore, representing District 2, brought up an option to study full build bus rapid transit. The vote on that was four to two to two. The yeses were Mayor Bates, Council Members Capitelli, Mayo, and Moore himself. The noes were Worthington and Wozniak. And the abstentions were Adegin and Wengraf with absent, uh, Anderson absent. Had one of the abstentions voted yes, we would have at least been able to study bus rapid transit on telegraph. So I would urge people who maybe feel they might have been on the wrong side of history at that time to take advantage of this opportunity to further sponsor 51B measures and other rapid transit measures in the future. Thank you. Thank you. I'll say for the record, I was on the wrong side of history on that issue. And if I had an option to vote over again, I would have voted to study full build BRT on Telegraph Avenue. It deprived Telegraph of, of, I think, important bus service connectivity to Oakland. And that's why I strongly support the item from Councillor Taplin, so that we can make critical investments to improve non-automotive transportation, clean transportation for people in our city. We'll go to the next speaker, who is Elizabeth Thomas. Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay, great. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Thomas. I am a student at UC Berkeley. I'm the uh, external affairs co-director for Telegraph People at the campus, and I'm also from San Leandro, which is one of the cities that did get the BRT, the Tempo Line, um, you know, nearly over a decade ago, or the plans are written over a decade ago. We finally got it in the past couple of years. And I just want to express my support for um, measure or item 29 on the uh, calendar here for uh, from Terry Taplin about um, beginning the first steps to bring BRT back to Berkeley. This is a really important concept that will help improve um, the bus times for the 51B. Um, this is a major bus line that students use. And even if the BRT doesn't go all the way through the line, improving some of the times will benefit all of the students and through that it will benefit the community at large because you know you won't have these giant buses full of students um or buses full of like cr just crammed full of students because they'll be able to go faster and also this will benefit um everyone who travels through downtown by brt has many characteristics often like dedicated bus lanes and that will help pull buses out of car travel lanes so even if you do still choose to go downtown in a car you'll be able to go faster and um, it's, you know, it'll help improve things like the environment because you won't have to worry about idling things. So just in general, BRT is a great thing. And I'm really glad to be here for it coming back to Berkeley. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We'll go next to Moni Law. 
money law, you should not be able uh, to. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, trees, housing, and public safety. Three comments quickly. Um, I want to compliment the students who planted a forest within Berkeley, and we are the town that is the first among others to do important things to make change in the world. Um, I also think we could submit a proposal to work with the interfaith community. The word stewardship came up, and that's a common tenet of faith between many faiths, and Reverend Ambrose Church by the side of the road is doing a green uh, the church movement, and I think it would be great to have schools and communities of faith come together to make our community green. Secondly, um, Mama Ayana, uh, Ayana Davis is an excellent appointee to the Housing Commission. We do need housing for all economic backgrounds, all racial backgrounds. We have displacement of black and brown people from Berkeley at significant numbers. That needs to change and we need to have equity and inclusion in our housing. And I trust that you would be an awesome member of that commission as a planner, strategist, fifth generation Berkeley resident, and a very good mentor to many. She will be a critical and creative thinker. Third and final, public safety includes having constitutional policing like our prior mayor, Gus Newport had, where he rejected police dogs and helicopters and ensured that all officers respected the community and did not call them the N-word or threaten them with guns if their neighbor had a black friend or the neighbor themselves were black. We need to have a community of police officers who actually provide safety and not risks to our safety. Please do look into those matters that were brought before you. Um, the liability upon the city is significant and the risk to safety to all of us is high. Respondent Superior is a concept legally that you are liable when you have the retention of known uh, dangerous people. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I don't see any other raised hands on Zoom of attendees wishing to speak to an item on the consent calendar. So we'll close public comment on the consent calendar. Thank you all for coming tonight for your comments. Um, on the consent calendar, I'd like to now recognize the city manager and then we'll go to members of the council thereafter. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I'd like to make a few um, comments regarding our labor contract with Berkeley Police Association. Um, the city's labor contract, as you are aware, with the Berkeley Police Association expired on June 30th of 2023. This triggered the need to negotiate a successor agreement. The recommended changes to the MOU, which is on this evening's consent calendar, addresses the need for COLA increases and modifications to longevity pay in order to keep the Berkeley Police Department competitive in its recruitment and retention efforts. Both existing and potential Berkeley police officers have more choices now more than ever, particularly in the Bay Area. And so these adjustments are critical to attracting and retaining the high caliber employees our community expects. Additionally, this MOU is unique in that it includes the KIND, K-I-N-D, Policing Educational Incentive. This is a first of its kind initiative that is intentional about clearly promoting the city's policing values while also ensuring the availability of robust training for sworn members of the Berkeley Police Department. This is all in an effort in effective policing that is rooted in procedural justice and impartiality. This is training that will reinforce the department's values that policing must be community oriented and culturally competent. 
This MOU also includes fiscally responsible revisions to the Retiree Health Benefits Program, which will help to address a key financial concern for the city, unfunded future liabilities. And it is estimated to reduce such liabilities by as much as $13.6 million. Finally, the proposed MOU is for a term of three years, which provides some stability and predictability for both Berkeley Police Association, our employees, and the city, allowing the city and the police department to focus on the provisions of quality public safety services to our community, including efforts envisioned by the Reimagining Public Safety Initiative and the Fair and Impartial Policing Task Force. Just one example of such an effort is in the department's early warning system, EWS policy. In addition to the random quarterly audits called for by the EWS policy of officer stop data, complaints, use of force incidents, and other factors, the department regularly utilizes this policy to address and intervene on possible emerging issues, as well as the chief of police holds a quarterly administrative review board with the commander of each police division to determine if initiation of an early warning system program is recommended. On a separate but related note, the department is in the planning stages of the RFP process for a consultant to build on the existing early warning system policy, incorporating additional risk management features. I am very pleased to present this successor MOU with BPA to the City Council for approval this evening. The proposed changes are representative of the values and goals of the City of Berkeley Police Department. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you very much. Okay, um, we'll go to Councillor Taplin, and then um, I want to address the consent calendar. Thank you so much. Um, I want to thank the community for the support of item 29, as well as my colleagues on the Fights Committee, staff and OED, um, Transportation, Public Works, and Fire for all their input and guidance. Um, I am adding the Vice Mayor to item 28. That's the letter to the state legislature requesting budget allocations for capital improvements at Sam Pablo Park, including the Friends of Briar Community Center and the Sam Pablo Park pool project, which is very important to South Berkeley. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. So while we had public comment on the consent calendar, staff was working um, diligently to, I think, find a way to address Councilmember Wangraff's questions. And so I have some language that they've suggested, which I would like to share screen to present. Um, so this would be an amendment to the be it resolved clause of the resolution for item 32, which is on page 455 of the packet. Um, so the resolve clause would say, now therefore be it resolved that the Berkeley owns open space and land adjacent to and in front of Old City Hall is designated as an official part of city park land and infrastructure and to add the language in bold. This includes the land identified in the grade box on page two of the staff report, which is the area between the buildings and right of way, excluding the area that is subject to a lease between the county and the city of Berkeley. And just to go to that, we're specifically referring to this right here, not to the land that's leased to the county for the purpose of the courthouse. So I think by adding that language and referring to the the the, the map included in the in the item and in the legislative record that should be sufficient to address the particular issue. Councilmember Wengroff? Uh, yes, it's actually not a staff report. It should be identified as Councilmember Harrison's 
um, item. Okay, so noted. So that, that's just a, a minor correction. Otherwise, I'm fine with it. So with that, with that, uh, with that amendment, is there any objection to moving item 32 to the consent calendar? Okay, hearing that, yes. The um, so the staff report like is not an exhibit to the resolution. We'll make an exhibit. So okay, exhibit A and include the staff okay. report. That would that would yes help. yes yes okay. So as part of the amendment, we'd also say exhibit A and we'd include the the, the um, September twelfth, two thousand twenty three staff report. Um, so so we can reference that appropriately. Yes, for the legislative record. Yes. So with that amendment, is there any objection to moving item 32 to the consent calendar? Okay, seeing none, that is done. Okay, um, thank you, Mr. Garland, Madam City Attorney, everyone who helped find a way to thread the needle here. Um, Councilmember Weingart for raising the, the question also. Um, uh, and then uh, I do wanna address um, an issue relevant to item 20, which is the MOU with the Berkeley Police Association. And I just want to make a, a high level comment um, that uh, I think I, I, I think I share the entire city council's uh, shock and outrage um, over what we heard from in the video that Ms. Pritchett played tonight. Um, and uh, we take this issue very seriously. Any racist activity or discriminatory activity by any member of the Berkeley Police Department or any city employee is unacceptable. Um, it erodes trust in our community um, and erodes public safety. Um, and I know that uh, our staff will be looking into this matter um, to fully investigate um, the, the, the video and the allegations, um, this and other allegations that have been raised. Um, and I'm glad that we're making progress to implement the early inter uh, intervention system. Um, but that's one of several steps that we need to take to address culture and to improve accountability of our police department. And I look forward to working with my colleagues and the city manager and our police chief to address that. But I cannot let this meeting adjourn without expressing my shock and outrage over what we heard. It is not acceptable. It's not in keeping with our city's values. And um, no city employee should um, speak that way or engage in that way. Um, and uh, we, we, we hold this issue, we take this issue very seriously. And uh, I wanna thank Ms. Pritchett for bringing it to our attention. Um, Council member Kesawani, or no, Harrison, sorry, this numbers are off here. No, that's fine. I also, I wanted to make a comment about item 29, which has this, the BRT item, but no one has commented on the other really useful parts of this referral. And Councilmember Chapman worked really hard on them, so I feel obliged to point out this also has a referral for funding to deal with the uh, stretch on Oxford Street by the campus, which is a very dangerous area with a lot of curve, a lot of fast traffic, lots of students crossing, bicycling there. And I think it's just we need to recognize that we're trying to put that forward even sooner, as well as an ADA transition plan for improvements at the city's intersections for disabled people. So this was a complex item that include a lot of really excellent ideas. And I just didn't want that to get lost. I, I had to say that. Um, I also want to say something about the, the situation and the tape that we heard tonight. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the subtleties of racial disparities. Are there really disparities? Are there not really disparities? This, what we're talking about right now is not about the complexities of data on racial disparities. 
This is about the direct acts of aggression towards residents and others using power and race as a cudgel. This is not about some statistical analysis. Addressing this does not make us soft on crime. We can walk as, and chew gum at the same time as the city. We can empower our department with the, the important raises we're giving them and help them be fully staffed to fight crime while insisting they do so constitutionally. And we can certainly take stronger action to stop the culture of racism. And I'm going to be looking forward to the city manager's report on that um, soon. If there's not, this is not a moment too soon for us to deal with this issue. We've been waiting a long time. We've looked at it statistically. We've looked at the policies. We've looked at all of these things. But what we have to do is take action. So I'm looking forward to that being done. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Councillor Taplin? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I was wondering whether we could endure in memory of of uh, Jennifer Gerlach and the other uh, members we lost, community members we lost. Yeah, certainly we can do that because um, we have not yet adjourned the meeting. So thank you. We'll, we'll do that. Thank you. Okay, I'll make a motion to approve the consent calendar as amended. Second. Is there any further discussion on the consent calendar? Okay, if not, uh, if we can please call the roll. Uh, Council Member Kesterwani? Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. On? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragine? Yes. Okay. Okay. The consent count is approved. That completes our business for tonight. Um, there's nothing else on the action calendar since we moved the, act, the only action item to consent. Is there anyone who has not previously spoken? Who would like to address an item that is not on the agenda? If so, please raise your hand. Or no, please come forward if you're in the boardroom. Or um, please raise your hand on Zoom. I don't see any members wishing to speak. Oh no, uh, Miss. I think Miss Prado spoke previously, right during the initial non-agenda public comment period. But if not, we certainly can accommodate her. But... Yes, she spoke at the first. Miss Prado, we we appreciate your comments early in the evening. Uh, this is an opportunity for anyone who's not previously spoken. Thank you. Is there anyone else who's not previously spoken to an item not on the agenda? Okay, if not, I'll move to adjourn. Second. We can and, please. Uh, who, who, what was the names for the adjournments in memory? Was it? We'll provide it to you. Okay. We'll, we'll, provide, we'll provide the information to you so it can be in the minutes. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay, so there's a motion to adjourn, moved and seconded uh, to adjourn. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. On? It's absent. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragin? Okay, yes, we are adjourned. Thank you. Okay.